The religion of the ancient Mexicans was a polytheism or worship of a pantheon of deities, the general aspect of which presented similarities to the systems of Greece and Egypt. As a matter of fact, the Nahua displayed a theological advancement quite on a level with that expressed by the Egyptians and Assyrians which were rather more nuanced and complicated. Red Tezcatlipoca described in the Codex Borgia. Tezcatlipoca, fiery mirror, is a sort of equivalent of Jupiter of the Nahua pantheon. He carried a mirror in which he was supposed to see reflected the actions and deeds of mankind. Originally the personification of the air, the source both of the breath of life and of the tempest, Tezcatlipoca had all the attributes of a god who presided over these phenomena. He was the tribal god of the Tezcucans who had led them into the land of promise, and had been instrumental in the defeat of both the gods and men of the previous people they dispossessed. Tezcatlipoca advanced so speedily in popularity that within a comparatively short space of time he came to be regarded as a god of fate and fortune, and as inseparably connected with the national destinies. The place he took as the head of the Nawa pantheon brought him many attributes which were quite foreign to his original character. As what happened with many other deities in pantheons all over the world, fear and a desire to exalt their tutelar deity will lead the devotees of a powerful god to credit him with any or every quality. Therefore, there is nothing remarkable in the heaping of every possible attribute, human or divine, upon Tezcatlipoca. He was known as Mananek, the claimer of prayer, and in some of the representations of him an ear of gold was shown suspended from his hair, toward which small tongues of gold strained upward in appeal of prayer. In times of national danger, plague, or famine universal prayer was made to Tezcatlipoca. The heads of the community repaired to his Tiakli, temple, accompanied by the people en masse, and all prayed earnestly together for his speedy intervention. The surviving prayers to Tezcatlipoca prove that the ancient Mexicans fully believed that he possessed the power of life and death. As Tezcatlipoca was regarded as a life-giver, he had also the power of destroying existence. In fact on occasion he appears as a death-dealer, and as such was styled Nezawalpili, the hungry chief, and Yatsin, the enemy. Perhaps one of the names by which he was best known was Telpakli, the youthful warrior, from his reserve of strength, his vital force and his boisterous vigor. Tezcatlipoca was usually depicted as holding in his right hand a dart placed in an athlatl, spear-thrower, and his mirror shield with four spare darts in his left. This shield is the symbol of his power as judge of mankind and upholder of human justice. Tezcatlipoca is closely associated with the legends which recount the overthrow of Tolan, the capital of the Toltecs. His chief adversary on the Toltec side is the god King Quetzalcoatl. In the days of Quetzalcoatl, there was abundance of everything as well as peace and plenty for all men. Quetzalcoatl, as depicted in the Codex Maglia Bikiano, 16th century. But this blissful state was too good to last. Jealous of the calm enjoyment of Quetzalcoatl and the Toltecs, three necromancers plotted their downfall. They were Huitzilopochtli, Tezcatlipoca, and Tlacahupan. Tezcatlipoca took the lead as they laid enchantments upon the city of Tolan. Disguised as an old man with white hair, Tezcatlipoca presented himself at the palace of Quetzalcoatl, where he said to the pages, Pray present me to your master, I desire to speak with him. Although the pages advised him that Quetzalcoatl was ill and could see no one, Tezcatlipoca insisted to wait outside. Eventually, he was admitted into the chamber of Quetzalcoatl. Upon entering the chamber, Tezcatlipoca feigned sympathy with the suffering god-king. How are you, my son? He asked. I have brought you a drug which you should drink, and which will put an end to the course of your malady. Quetzalcoatl drank the potion, and at once felt much better. Tezcatlipoca gave him another and then another cup of the potion, but it was nothing but pulk, the wine of the country. Quetzalcoatl soon became intoxicated, and became putty in Tezcatlipoca's hands. 
Tezcatlipoca then took the form of a man of the name of Taoyo, and went to the palace of Yumak, chief of the Toltecs in temporal matters. Yumak had a daughter so beautiful that she was desired for marriage by many of the Toltecs. The princess, in seeing the form of Taoyo passing her father's palace, fell deeply in love with him, so in love that her feelings for her rendered her ill. Upon realizing the reason for this illness, Yumak gave orders for the arrest of Taoyo, and he was hailed before the temporal chief of Tolan. Although angry at the handsome youth, Yumak said, If I slay you my daughter will perish. Go to her and say that she may wed you and be happy. Now the marriage of Taoyo to the daughter of Yumak aroused much discontent among the Toltecs. To distract his people from this, Yumak distracted the attention of the Toltecs by announcing a war upon the neighboring state of Coatepec. This distraction was proven to be ineffective as, when the Toltecs arrived at the country of the men of Coatepec they placed Taoyo in ambush with his body servants, hoping that he would be slain by their adversaries. But Taoyo and his men killed a large number of the enemy. His triumph was celebrated by Yumak. The knightly plumes were placed upon his head, and his body was painted with red and yellow, an honor reserved for those who distinguished themselves in battle. Tezcatlipocas, as Taoyo, next step was to announce a great feast in Tolan, to which all the people for miles around were invited. Great crowds assembled, dancing and singing in the city to the sound of the drum. Tezcatlipoca sang to them and forced them to accompany the rhythm of his song with their feet. Faster and faster the people danced, until the pace became so furious that they were driven to madness, lost their footing, and tumbled down a deep ravine, where they were changed into rocks. Others in attempting to cross a stone bridge were changed into stones. Thus, Tezcatlipoca destroyed both the Kotpeks and the Toltecs. However, he did not stop there. On another occasion, Tezcatlipoca put on a different disguise as a valiant warrior named Tequila, and invited all the inhabitants of Tolan and its surrounding areas to come to the flower garden called Xochitla. When they assembled there, he attacked them with a hoe, and killed a great number of them. In panic, the survivors crushed their comrades to death. Later, Tezcatlipoca and Tlaquiupan went to the marketplace of Tolan, the former displaying upon the palm of his hand a small dancing baby. This infant was Huitzilopochtli, the Nahua god of war. At this sight, the Toltecs crowded to get a better view, and their eagerness resulted in many being crushed to death. Even in mythology, anger makes one vulnerable. Tlaquiupan took advantage of this and advised the raging people to kill both Tezcatlipoca and Huitzilopochtli. When this had been done the bodies of the slain gods gave forth such an awful discharge that thousands the Toltecs died of the pestilence. Tlaquiupan then advised them to cast out the bodies, but they discovered that the bodies were so heavy and could not be moved. It was soon apparent to the Toltecs that their fortunes were on the wane and that the end of their empire was at hand. Quetzalcoatl, chagrined at the turn things had taken, resolved to quit Tolan. In anger, he burned all the houses which he had built, and buried his treasure of gold and precious stones in the deep valleys between the mountains. He changed the cacao trees into mosquitoes, and he ordered all the songbirds to quit the valley of Anahuac. On the road from Tolan, he discovered a great tree at a point called Quatitlan. There he rested, and requested his pages to hand him a mirror. Seeing himself in the polished surface, he said in defeat, I am old, and from that circumstance the spot was named Huwekotitlan, Old Quatitlan. Proceeding on his way accompanied by musicians who played the flute, he walked until fatigue arrested his steps, and he seated himself upon a stone, on which he left the imprint of his hands. This place is called Temecpalco, the impress of the hands.